to Hannibal's Horny Abachi, a weekly dinner party where we watch and discuss an episode of Brian Fuller's Hannibal. And this week we are reporting live from our Lithuanian mansion in the... Somewhere in Europe. <laughs> Somewhere in Europe. Uh, carving pumpkins because it's a few days before Halloween and we are discussing the uh, season two as a whole. Yeah. So who is with me right now? You have me, Celeste, <laughs> the other host. I'm an artist, a nerd, and I'm new to Hannibal. And I'm JJ, the other host. I'm, uh, all that screwed up my spiel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a local filmmaker, a local nerd, and the fanable of the three. There it is. Yeah. yeah. And we are seated in a very windy, old, creepy house. <sighs> <laughs> I don't do foley for a living. Leave me alone. A great. But we are also yeah. We are also uh, celebrating our season two completion with some wine and carving a pumpkin because mm-hmm. we could not find a gingerbread house. <laughs> gingerbread house would have been awesome. Though. Yeah, our our original plan was to do a murder scene in a gingerbread house, uh, but we couldn't find a gingerbread house. I couldn't, at least. Did you check Superstore? I was trying to, but like they, nothing is out yet, and I'm surprised because Christmas keeps coming earlier and earlier. So. Yeah, you always see it in like kids place like there's one little small section in canadian tire that's oh that's christmas <laughs> oh. all year round <laughs> it's like that land in uh the nightmare before christmas that tree thing you know that tree place for christmases that's mm-hmm. canadian tire <laughs> gonna, all right i'm gonna take a picture of your put your hand back in the pumpkin oh yeah i am disemboweling our pumpkin before we start carving it because cool. oh, I do yeah. the serial killer work here. <laughs> but we wanted to discuss this episode. Uh, a few notes that we had been given by our number one fan, County 80. Woohoo! Who has been following us since the beginning, basically. So shout I out to her. So. You're the Woo. best. Yay! Woo. You make yeah. us feel special. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she had some notes regarding Mason's chocolate and what exactly it is. And oh, that's right. Yeah, so I got her notes right here. All right. Yeah. I guess, yeah, the one below is what she said first, and then one's her reason. Okay. Yeah. All right. So she said, uh, f- forgot to say last week, there was no drugs in the chocolate. He used chocolate as a bribe to get the inner city poor children to let him rape them. Nice. Afterwards, when they would cry, he would tell them that they must have wanted it because they took the chocolate. So now no one will believe them if they say otherwise. He would do the same to Margot ever since they were both children and their family didn't give a damn. So her not talking, so her not taking the chocolate is her refusing to be placided, placided, or bribed. I don't know how to say placid. That is so <laughs> gross. <laughs> yeah. And then the additional note was, he just uses the metaphor of taking the chocolate as a way of saying, you take the chocolate, you want what I do to you, and you can't say otherwise, basically. Ew. LOL. <laughs> 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 I like how she had the LOL. LOL. <laughs> You know? so that is a lot creepier. Like, okay, so yeah, I get that. It's like, uh, I was reading a book about a, an incest survivor and how she struggled with uh, the feeling she had for her father. Because, like, it, it's like a common thing with, with abuse victims where, like, sometimes, like, your body wants to make sure that you don't get hurt. So sometimes in those situations, you feel pleasure. So mm. there's a lot of guilt associated with that. And so it's, like, something that I was picking up on, too, because it's, like, I hate that idea of people making themselves, like, preying on that guilt. Mm. It's just like, oh, you bastard. Picking up, I love Mason. Mason's, like, one of my favorite additions this season. Because I I feel that we didn't get to know um, Matthew Brown as well as we could have. Yeah, I love mm. him. Yeah, I loved him, and 
I wish we could have had a Mason Long season of him, too. Like, well, Mason only got, like, what, four episodes? <laughs> not even four episodes. Like, three fully. I think but. three yeah, I think and, so. like, bits of pieces. and Yeah. One line. <laughs> Another stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. Hold on. I almost got the pumpkin ready. We were do, you, do you have the Vaseline? <laughs> Vaseline in my <laughs> Speaking of, I, okay, I, I, and this brings us up to later conversation we're going to have, but I was talking about, I was reading fanfic, and I'm reading fanfic set in the in the pre-modern era, so like in the time, like I'm reading King Arthur fanfiction. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've read one of those, so yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so, <laughs> go King, on. Uh, so for Celeste, who probably doesn't know King Arthur, the movie with uh, Clive Owen, Clive yes. Owen, and... Uh, What's his face? Also had Mass Mickelson and Hugh Dancy as I think I can't remember who Mass plays, but uh, I do, I do. Just give me a second. Wait, uh, <laughs> Just give me a second. Galahad, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. Galahad and Tristan. Oh yes. Anyway, That's so it. I was reading fanfic uh, about that a few days ago, and, uh, and I'm like, the the things they used for lube was driving me nuts because I'm like, <laughs> so it was like olive oil and stuff, and so I was eating olive oil that night. So, <laughs> so I was like, eh. <laughs> it down. I'm eating lube. <laughs> But yeah, I was just thinking about that. Shout out to Devereaux's Disease. That's the fic I was reading. Ooh. And I'm going to read today. What was the plot in that uh, Tristan one you were wearing? Or uh, you were wearing? <laughs> <laughs> so you plot, were reading. So then the, the there's two of them. So one of them was uh, uh, Tristan's eagle kept harassing uh, Galahad because like, he didn't know any other way to flirt. So oh. he had, since the, the eagle was trained so well, he would uh, set it on him. So he would have to see... Tristan. So it was pretty. I love those types of stories. Oh, that's people, so cute, actually. Yeah, I, I love those types of meet cute stories where it's like you start hating people and then you fall in love because you realize you love them. Mm. It's like, ah. <laughs> oh, okay. I like how I'm into Hanagram and all its other forms except, except for actual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I love this story. Because I, I just think it's because. Um, in other contexts, except for, I still have some uh, some horrible feelings about Adam because I'm like it's kind of the same thing with Will, where Will is kind of not up to consenting, if that makes sense. No, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. so I, that's how I feel about Adam sometimes too. But it's it's uh, what's the word they say? There's a there's an actual tag for it when consent is iffy. What's it called? Dubious. Dubious. Thank you. Dubious consent. <laughs> That's also one of my favorite pa- things. That's so. such a weird tag. <laughs> no, where you, I know. Why dubious. is it I click when I see dubious consent tag? I'm, I'm like, like, that's for Sonia. <laughs> it's like I'll be the judge of this. Let me read. It was a challenge. <laughs> so I'll bring up some of the questions that County eighty. Also asked us. Hold on. Woo. Talk amongst the sales. Uh, okay, hold on. I got it up here. I don't Actually, think I've carved a pumpkin okay. since I was a kid. Like living back in Thompson is, I think, is the last time I carved a pumpkin. Oh yeah, me, we, me and my sister do this every year. Cause it, I don't know, like, I like the fun of it. It's so fun. Yeah, right. I carved one like last year, but oh, it was really? by myself, and it was just like the cliche two triangles and like the pointy mouth. <laughs> all the cl- all the classic pumpkins. Yeah, the classic. <laughs> like I'm not creative, <laughs> even those though I'm an artist. <laughs> <laughs> those are the best types of pumpkins, though. All right, so County eighty wanted to know from Celeste, any predictions for season three? Who will live and who will die? Oh, are we like talking about like if uh, like the people that we saw like you know died? Yeah, like, who do you think survived? Yeah, <laughs> well, for sure, Will. There's like I think there was like a moment where I was like, oh god, did Will survive? Even though it's season three, and it can't continue without him. But it looked very serious the last like couple scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I want to say that there must be, like, at least someone died. For sure, Abigail died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I'm just, like, wondering if Alana and Jack died. I don't think Jack died. Yeah, it's I don't like, even think Alana died. I don't even know. I <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Because, like, the show, you can't trust it. Yeah. yeah Especially after the, the last episode, you can't trust, like, oh, yeah, did like, anybody really die? <laughs> I don't Alana, I don't think the fall was too bad for Alana to die, but then again she was like she Was she was, stabbed? No, she wasn't stabbed, no, she, she just, just fell out. She pushed the window. Out, yeah, but she might have like landed on some glass and that would be really painful. <laughs> and Jack was stabbed, so I think In the like, neck, yeah. Was he in the neck? Like yeah. he's just such an important character for him to like like, he can't die. <laughs> but I can see Alana dying. Well, I thought they were going to do, like, when I first saw the show, I thought they were going to do the, like, I was like, okay, oh, yeah, Will can't die. But then I realized that Red Dragon is about Will, and Silence of the Lambs is about Clarice, and Will is only briefly mentioned in that one as having been gone crazy from his experiences with Hannibal. And I'm like, are they going to do that? They wouldn't do that, would they? No, they need to keep Will so he can watch his revenge. And I don't think Hugh Dancy was at the final Comic Con uh, at San Diego with uh, for season three. Oh really? Yeah, let me check that out. Hold on, I'll look that up. Talk amongst yourselves. (laughs) 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 And County Eighty also asked, "How in love? How in love are you with Margot? Because damn, she is awesome. LOL. She deserves so much better than what she has had to deal with." Hmm. Uh, poor Margot. I think she's like the MVP of she the season. She is life goals. Yeah, she's so cool. <laughs> I just love her because she, she could like. Um, it seems like she's living with Mason under her own terms because she has no, uh, she has no other option. So she's gonna do what she can hmm. within the rules of like Mason's creepiness. I just like like that she didn't like break under like Mason's control like she like kept going and she just Hmm. and she kind of wound up like the winner in the end because she was so patient yeah it's like she was waiting for him to poison she was waiting for him to get what he what he deserves deserves, yes (laughs) okay I like you Dancy was there (laughs) awesome alright so what else is on here so I wanted to ask you guys what was your favorite two episodes this season Uh, well for me well, gotta love that last episode. Oh, yeah. That's just, you know, of, of all the episodes, really, the ones that just stir the most emotions, and I will still occasionally cry, is <laughs> that last episode. And it's just, I can feel that knife stirring in the innards. And it's just, <laughs> and, it, and it's just, I can feel the pain not from both sides. I can be empathetic to all the characters. And it's just, it's, it's just, yeah. <laughs> but then the next one, um, I had to look back at my notes just to be sure. But yeah, I think my next favorite one is with, um, I think it's episode six, uh, Futamono. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sassy Will is still in jail, and he's in his birdcage, and he says that one line. Um, he has to kill in threes. Do you know why? I know why. Because <laughs> the meat will spoil. <laughs> He's just so sassy, and I love it. It's I just love a, sassy Will. Yeah, like, I have uh, mixed feelings with Will in jail in, in, in general, but I think, I just like that he's coming into his own. You yeah. Know? He's like, well, I'm here. I might as well <laughs> keep busy <laughs> and try and kill Hannibal. Yeah, he's getting his uh, degree, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my other graduate de- degree in murder. <laughs> I have to do it in correspondence. <laughs> <laughs> During the few internet yeah. hours they allow him to Yeah, have. since I can't do field work, 
and I'll get and I'll get an undergraduate to go kill for me <laughs> and report back. Yeah, and, yes. and his intern's not being paid that much. Yeah. <laughs> He'll get a good grade though if he's sixteen. No, he's one of those pervert ones. Oh, so. How about you, Slow? <laughs> What's your favorite favorite episode? I think this like the the last two episodes is my favorite, just because. I feel like the season was kind of slow with like Will and Joe, and so mm. when he's like out, and like the last two episodes are just everything happened. Yeah. <laughs> so it was very exciting, and I love that. And just like I don't know, like the whole thing with Mason and like Margot and like Will like tackling that dude because she just got so angry that Margot like got um, sterilized. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Mm. And just I don't know, it was just it was really good finale of those two episodes. It's like I have. I like I like the the first couple episodes. Or I just don't really remember them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like the thing about the season is a lot of stuff happens in very short time. Yeah, because like, he goes from in jail to trying to set up Hannibal to Mason like being thrown into the picture. Just like bizarre. It's like because uh, because they, they only have thirteen episodes to do this. Like shit happens all the time on Gotham, but like that's twenty four episodes they have to deal with this shit, which in. In their weakness is that it <laughs> like twenty four episodes is too long sometimes. Oh god! I oh know. yeah. Oh no, it's okay. Okay, anyway. But <laughs> it's, it's sparkling wine. But my favorite episodes this season was Toma Wan, which was the second to last episode because I thought it was the most satisfying episode of the whole season because you finally get to see Mason get what gets what's coming to him because he he finally realizes that there is. Uh, consequences for his actions against people. He fucked with the wrong person this time. Yeah, I don't know. Does he? <laughs> he seems pretty confident. Like the fact that he he's left alive. I don't know. Doesn't... He seems that he's gonna go after him. Yeah, it's just like I don't know. He still seems oddly confident, despite he doesn't even tell the authorities who did like who did that to him. Yeah, because he wants to get revenge on his own. So I don't know. He still feels oddly, stupidly confident. <laughs> but, I don't know. <laughs> But it was, oh, hold on. Um, it was, uh, what I wrote in my notes was, it's like a clockwork of awesome things happening. Like, uh, what was this? Uh, Bedelia warning Will. Uh, mm. Will putting all the events of the last episode into, into the very fin- uh, the finale of the season into motion. And Mason in general is what I just loved. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how obnoxious he is and how certain he is that he has won. Plus, his drug trip was one of the creepier aspects of the show mm. in, a, in a show of creepy aspects. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, my second favorite episode of the season was Mukuzuku, uh, Muka, Mukazook, uh, <laughs> solely for Matthew Brown and Will proving Hanagram is a lie. <laughs> the eye candy was awesome, and seeing Hannibal in peril with wounds that he will keep for the rest of the show helped lessen his Mary Sue qualities. Because this is the first time he, got, he was almost killed, so mm. I, I really love that. Like Matthew Brown was the was the only person after uh, Bella who got close enough to rifling his mm. feathers, if that's a good word to put. <laughs> so. Dang. All right, but what was your biggest surprise of the season? Celeste, <laughs> Celeste <laughs> so so can go first. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, one, Bell's death still devastated. I know. Yeah. I, hate, I still hate that. Yeah. Still devastated. <laughs> And Abigail being alive, but I kind of like suspected it, but I still was surprised. I, like, I feel like did we spoil that a little we bit? We spoiled it because we guys... said that um, unless you see somebody in food, yeah. you yeah. don't know if they're dead for sure. Yeah, so 
Yeah, we kind of spoiled yeah, that. But, we're but, giving like little hints here and there. But the, uh, in our defense, so as to not spoiling it, um, there are hints that she's still alive because people keep talking about her, and you're like, why do you keep talking about her? She's dead in the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, also, uh, that last scene <laughs> that I kind of missed, and you guys showed it to me. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That was, I think that might have been the biggest shot because I was not expecting that. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> well, because uh, I follow this other podcast called Page 7, which is a celebrity podcast, and someone mentioned finding our podcast because they were looking for something else on SoundCloud, so oh, shout really? out to that person who found us that way. Yeah. Yay. And yeah, like, I hope they got us a lot, of, a lot of fun out of the last episode as we did when we showed it, so that's what really happened at the end of season two. <laughs> oh. I'm glad I was able to give you a live reaction. <laughs> it's like, what? But anyway, uh, JJ, what was the biggest surprise this season? Oh, let's see. Even though you've seen it. <laughs> yeah, the one that I've seen it. <laughs> I think the first time I watched it, you know, Beverly's death was a surprise, mm-hmm. and that, that just killed me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not just her, but it killed me, too. <laughs> um, we buried a part of ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> but I think one of the best surprises, and probably still one of the more heartbreaking ones, and it probably even resonates more with me just because... Uh, my sister just had a baby. Um, the fact that Will had a baby for like a very brief moment, the briefest of moments, and he, you know, just for a moment, just just a flicker, a spark of an idea of fatherhood and what that would be like. Aww. And then it was taken away. <laughs> and it's just like, and then it made me, then, it, then I was reminded, oh yeah, again, this is why where a lot more alpha, beta, omega dynamics <laughs> come from, and why, why there's so much fiction that it's uh, Will is an omega and Will has the baby <laughs> in those fictions. Like, oh okay, I guess I can kind of. Sometimes it takes a bunch of rewatches for this to all click. I'm a little slow on the uptake sometimes, but yeah, I'd say that was probably one of the bigger surprises um, that I still enjoyed. <laughs> But what about you? Uh, biggest surprise for me this season was how much I felt sorry for Hannibal at the end of season two. Yeah. Despite the fact that he seemingly just killed 20 people. I assume he yeah. killed the cops on his way out. Um, so I'm assuming he killed the ambulance. And they had to send a second ambulance. And that's why, like, everybody dies. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I'm assuming he killed but a bunch of people before he left. I don't know, though. Because, like, he was walking straight. Yeah. And you see the lights flashing behind him. Mm. Yeah, I feel like he walked away from all that. He could have fired yeah, the I don't know. or something. Well, <laughs> well, like, when when and how? Like, I, I still get there's a lot of when and hows <laughs> in this show. And literally, it's fucking Hannibal. We can pretend he did anything. But it's just because uh, Alana made a call, and then Will made a call. So that yeah. means both police and the, ambulance were coming. The firefighters, yeah. And all this stuff. So it's like, I don't think it's possible. Because with two separate calls, I mean, it's like, I don't know. Maybe he called it in and said, uh, everything's okay. Well, no, they still come, but yeah. Everything's fine here now. How are you? There's no murder here. Oh, my God. There's no crime. Oh, okay. All right, draw a scary face to left. We gotta draw a scary face on our pumpkin. Oh, whatever you want. Whatever you want. I always remember the one from Adam's family with just the one eye. Yeah, that's my favorite one, too, yeah. Should I just be like Mike Wazowski? <laughs> yeah, do Mike, Mike Wazowski, please. I'm going to type in... Oh, wait, I don't have just internet. <laughs> oh, this book, I need to, like, if I do, like, an eye, I have to either make the outline of it or, like, kind of scoop it so that the light shines through. And I can do that. I'm not talented enough. <laughs> <laughs> just try it. If it looks ugly, it's a Your skills are transferable, <laughs> Uh 
All right. put so much faith in me. While we're doing, while we're carving the pumpkin, what did you learn this season? Never trust Hannibal. <laughs> That's a big one. That's like, a was I supposed to learn something? Let's see here. What did you learn? <laughs> oh, I think. Oh, I did make a note here. Good for me. <laughs> um, that despite how artistic and art, like artistically expressive Hannibal is. He still cannot fully express his feelings for Will properly. That seems to be a big thing that comes up in fan fiction, too. Mm Because, like, as I was saying about that Tristan and Galahad (laughs) fan Tristan can't come out and say how he feels about Galahad. And that's a big thing with um, every fanfic I've read with a a Mass and a a Hugh character. Because even the ones uh, where... Mass's character from Charlie Countryman and Adam get together, like, the same thing. He can't tell him he cares about him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it has to do with the masculine thing, like, you know what I mean? Like, how they always seem to put Hugh Dancy in the more feminine role. Yeah, I've noticed that, too. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about this. Yeah, we talked about this a bunch of times. Yeah. <laughs> so. But no, I think I agree. I think that's um, why certain pairings happen and why certain uh, fanfiction happen. Yes, Mass is always playing the masculine role, the so-called, mm-hmm. and he was always in the feminine role. And it's a masculine thing to that the, you're not supposed to be able to admit your, admit your feelings because that's girly and gay <laughs> and all that stuff. So it's like, so things with, you know what I don't get about that is that, you know, if you actually talked about your feelings, you'd probably get, you know, laid to, more. Laid more. <laughs> Chicks love it when you tell you tell them your feelings. Bitches love feelings. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what I learned this season: love comes in all forms, and I hope you find your Matthew Brown. <laughs> That's what I said. But oh my god! But um, okay. One of the last questions I had: What serial killer from this season are you? Matthew Brown, because I'd be fan boiling, fan boiling. <laughs> Fanboying and fangirling all over the place. Because that's why I feel like Matthew Brown is. Because he's a little bit of a Hugh Dancy uh, or Will Graham fanboy. Because he thinks Will Graham actually did all this stuff. He thinks he's a Chesapeake Ripper. So yeah, he's so just he's like, obsessed with him, yeah. yeah. He's just like, I love you. You were hiding in the FBI. <laughs> you know, he's just all like, oh. And then when he lets him out of the cage, he's just like, oh. <laughs> and, you know, and then, like. You know, again, Will, uh, Will willingly puts his hands behind his back, so there's this weird power transference, but it's very light, still very light. <laughs> and then he, you know, puts him back in his cell, and again, it's just like, I'll do anything for a friend, only just to ask. <laughs> okay, he doesn't actually say it like that, but we all know that's how we, that's, that's, that's the way I'm hearing it. <laughs> it's like, that's how that scene went, right? <laughs> he was just asked. He's a sexy assassin. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think that's what the big thing, a big draw about Matthew Brown is, is that he is a femme fatale. He's using, um, Ooh. yeah, he's using his, um, he, like, if you put a girl in that role, it wouldn't change. Because mm. <laughs> she's killing, he, Matthew Brown attempts to kill Hannibal because he's in the way of him and Will. And I'm just like. Clapping. That wasn't clapping. That wasn't the meant to be yeah, sex sounds. Yeah, he didn't even. He didn't. He didn't. <laughs> That's uh, JJ doing it now. But anyway, I was gonna say. Oh, I didn't even uh, think of it that way. Cause yeah, Will doesn't tell doesn't tell him why he wants Hannibal killed. Mm-hmm. He just says do it, and off he fucking goes. Yeah, there was like a total fatal attraction thing in this in this whole thing. Like, you ever seen the movie Fatal Attraction? 
I've heard of it. Watch like, it. It's <laughs> damn good. Yeah, it's really cool. Like, is, uh, Glenn Close plays this woman who has an affair with this guy. And the guy's like, well, I have to go back to my family and my child. And yeah. Oh, cool. Let me see. <laughs> that's an awesome part. Oh, we're cute. <laughs> hey, that's a... Uh, uh, oh, no, it's not. Wait, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's just, it's not supposed to be a character. <laughs> oh, okay. It's just... Okay, I thought it was... a big guy in a... <laughs> okay, hold it up beside you. Let's see. Okay, one, two, three... <laughs> But cool. it's really scary because... Um, All right, your turn. All right, my to turn to chop it up. Yeah, we're going to chop it up. I have two knives here. But in the movie, uh, she doesn't go after the guy that she loves. She goes after his his wife and his child. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what... Uh, <laughs> I think that's what um, what uh, Matthew Brown is going through, too. Like, he he's trying to... I don't know what he's like. I don't know where I was going with that fatal attraction thing, but yeah, like it is a fatal attraction because he's trying to kill him. Like, or no, I, I see. Where, I know where you were going with yeah. it. It's like uh, how, um, like you just said, that uh, Hannibal was in the way between him and Will. Like yeah. he'll gain Will as, Will's affections if he does this for him. Yeah. So, however, what affection that means, whatever. For <laughs> in, in the world of fan fiction, we all know what it means. Dude. And, uh, <laughs> wait, yes, baby, I'll do that for you. Oh, but Any, anything for you. Like yeah, and then you reward me because <laughs> he can control the cameras <laughs> and the likes. And the... I read a fanfic like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Never say sorry, son. <laughs> how would you slice? Which serial killer would you be this oh, after the season? Oh my goodness. I want to be sexy assassin too. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we all want to be Matthew Brown. <laughs> he just was so good in that scene. How can you not? <laughs> it's true. Oh, because I was gonna say Matthew Brown too. Uh, but I. But I thought no, Mason was pretty cool. Mason is cool, yeah. Because he doesn't he doesn't do the killings himself. He's a, yeah. He's like the perfect cartoon villain. Yeah, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Getting the henchmen to do all the dirty work. Oh yeah. It's like I never get my hands dirty. But I did like Matthew Brown, too, because Matthew Brown... Like, I was going to say Matthew Brown, and I was like, because uh, I would be the, the type of psycho that would <laughs> be like, oh, uh, Hugh Dancy's in prison, and he needs this guy killed. I'll do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll do that for you. But I realized, like, cause I, like when, I was, uh, when, when I was really in love with this guy once, um, I basically stalked him for, like, a month. Because we lived in the same <laughs> dorm room. So I, I didn't know what floor he lived on, but I knew that he... We like, won't say who for legal purposes. <laughs> I won't say who for legal purposes. <laughs> but I ended up just, like, following him around, like, and basically hoping I'd be in a place that he'd be in. And so, like, Matthew Brown is basically me if I was psychotic. <laughs> but I ended up picking the bee lady because I'd half-ass my... Uh, like, I, I feel like that I would half-ass my evil. Disguise it as like medical thing. <laughs> I'd half ass my evil and think that I was helping people. I'm like, okay, this guy's loud. Lobotomy. <laughs> okay, this uh, guy's annoying me. She was so creepy. Lobotomy. <laughs> but it was just so funny to me because I, I love how all three of us were like, okay, we'd be Matthew Brown. <laughs> well, I did. I did think about um, the bee lady briefly because I feel like because she was female. She was she was doing it in a weird and passive way, like like she was she wasn't killing people, yeah. Yeah, she wasn't actually killing them. You they know? just died as a result. of They her. died as a result of it. So like that that seems like a weird uh, common statistic with women who kill. Yeah, is it's a weird uh, poison thing. Yeah, it's either poison or drowning, and it's like it's not. 
it's different different typically than yeah. the way men do it so i felt like it was following suit with that and i was like well i ain't typical so <laughs> i don't want to you know i'll be the femme fatale yeah i don't want to do the, lobotomies i i changed my my answer because i thought <laughs> this is the season of like that dude that was making like the moral the oh body. yeah that would be oh, that guy. <laughs> oh the artist of course yeah. you would <laughs> It only makes sense. <laughs> I think there was like a horror story I once read about like people, uh, this like artist who became a serial killer just so she could find the right color of red. And so like it was really, no, oh, I think it was a Clive Barker story because like he kept like, the person kept shooting themselves in the head because they were a vampire and using their blood and viscera as like, as the piece of art. Where the hell did I read that? <laughs> oh, it was a horror anthology book. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> a gay horror anthology book. So look it up. It was hey. part two. I think it was called Queer Fear. Yeah. Queer Fear is what it was called. <laughs> but anyway, um, so, but I think that, yeah, it is funny that we all picked Matthew Brown. This seems so much easier in my, in my memory of this Nostalgia. It's taking me forever to cut uh, out this eyeball. Uh, yeah, uh, JJ right now is having trouble cutting out the eyeball. <laughs> okay, I think I got some of it. Okay. Oh, yeah, it doesn't have to be perfect. We're all children. Of here. course it has to be perfect. <laughs> she just does it her night. Don't try to do it, It has to be perfect. So I wanted to ask you, um, do you, well, he's probably European, so they don't really do this, but do you think Hannibal would celebrate Halloween? I've seen fan fiction about that. <laughs> But to mention briefly, um, they have something that's like Halloween in Lithuania. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more like a a folk festival of sorts. It's more like mm-hmm. uh, like Samhain, yeah, like Samhain. Uh, Samhain. Uh, how do you pronounce the I don't know. the witch's one? Uh, but I know it's 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 slightly different. They still celebrate uh, uh, bits about you know ghosts and spirits and whatnot. But it's almost like a little bit more religious. Almost more like Christmas, oh, okay. where the, it has a more Religious, or more like the Day of the Dead, with yeah. uh, with Catholicism in uh, Mexico, and what is it? That's in Mexico, right? That's Mexico. Yeah, so it's it's more along the lines of that rather than like uh, uh, transference of uh, a pagan thing to Christianity, <laughs> like <laughs> Halloween is for us over here. Um, it's a little different, but anyway, I remember reading a fanfiction about that, and Han- Hannibal has always said. To that he doesn't celebrate it <laughs> in fan fiction. He, uh, he'll, like, maybe have a meal, a special meal that day for himself that he learned from when he was a child, and that's about it. And then something about chestnuts. <laughs> I remember one, one, I don't know, one person um, added it in a story. She said she researched, there's a thing they do in Lithuania or something. It's Like I said, it's like Christmas. Uh, there's a thing that they do with nuts or something, like you roast it in the fire or you cook it in the oven or something. I don't know what. But it sounded really cute. <laughs> and I was like, that sounds yummy. I want roasted chestnuts. Well, I don't know if anyone else p- saw this, but I was laughing my ass off when Celeste posted... Uh, <laughs> hold on, I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to find it. Okay, yeah, so Celeste posted this uh, that I was laughing my ass off to. It's a Tumblr post. And it says, Mass Mickelson is like a cryptid who was raised to lurk in the woods but said, no, Dad, I want to be an actor, and left home to achieve his dream, but despite his love for human arts, he still retains much of his cryptid nature. And someone else responded with, it gets even better if you live in Denmark and you just randomly see him around sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) What's a cryptid? A cryptid is like a Bigfoot. Oh, like uh, spooky, yeah, a spooky animal that some people see sometimes. Oh, okay, like a, a chupacabra. Ah, 
like it's hard to like okay for our listeners out there all three of us are are indigenous canadians and uh, yeah crazy people like, all three of us are crazy <laughs> so, oh, i'm ogp oh, yeah. but you're still crazy <laughs> <laughs> but uh in in most indigenous cultures the bigfoot is a creature that we um hold in a great esteem because the reason why in our culture that sasquatch disappears and reappears is because he is the guardian of the spirit world and you need him to get to the spirit world so he can like phase in and out of existence and so you just gave me an idea for a script i'm writing I, I should research that shit more. <laughs> Here I thought I was so research. Yeah, but like uh, that's why um, like Bigfoot stories are hard for me to like one take seriously and two to take seriously enough because like we do believe in that stuff. Like uh, I'm trying to do a documentary on this this creature called the Easterville Monster, which was a, a series of Sasquatch sightings in my my grandma's hometown when we were young. The only problem I have with it though is um, a lot of people start their stories with so we were driving up to Grand Rapids to get beer and we we're coming back with a beer and we we're hiding it and we opened the beer. <laughs> yeah, once you when you lead a story with we were p- potentially we were drunk. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Hmm. It's like your credibility. Yeah, your credibility goes out the window. It's like, how much drinks do you have? Nothing. Well, ten beers. (laughs) Ten beers, but that's not the point. I could. I was, my driving was fine. <laughs> but I really want to find, uh, if anyone can help me, find help me find Supernatural Hannibal fanfic. I would really love that because like, I really love this, this season especially for how things um, could potentially be supernatural if you didn't know about the drugs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I really like Will's psychosis and all that. Like, because it lends it so easily to like Oh, you mean like how like maybe his... Um his encephalitis if they if they took like a a period wheel gram and put his encephalitis and didn't know it's encephalitis and it's a supernatural thing yeah that would oh, okay. be so cool i would love fanfic like that i bet you there is some out there it's just a matter of you Do gotta you, you gotta search it <laughs> i'm just watching people to find it for me hundreds of vampire hannibal oh yeah there's there. va- vampire hannibal ones too i haven't read yet i want to read them <laughs> She's stabbing the pumpkin. Yes, I am stabbing a pumpkin while I'm talking. I think if I ever read a Hannibal fan fiction, I think it would be a vampire one because I am cheesy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, but speaking of fanfic, we're going to do what we did last time and read a section from our favorite fanfics. Uh, Since Celeste doesn't have one, I will go first. (laughs) Okay. So. (laughs) Well, you said you didn't have one. you might have one. You never know. <laughs> well, we'll start season three with uh, you reading a fanfic. <laughs> All right, so the fanfic I'm reading is called Green Card by Devereaux's Disease, who I really, 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 really love. So the story is about um, Adam from the movie Adam and Nigel from Charlie Countryman. And the story is basically about... Uh, uh, Nigel needs to stay in the country, so they work out a deal where Adam will marry him so he can get his green card. But the problem comes up where they realize that they're gonna have to live together because they're being um, they're being stalked by the government to make sure they're actually married. So yeah, that's like, a big deal. Actually. I know. But so Adam needs money to keep his apartment. And so uh, I think the story is Nigel will give him a hundred thousand dollars to marry him. 
And so they do go through with it. So here's, here it is. Is this here. the same, like, uh, universe as the original? Or is she yeah, starting same. starting from scratch? I think she's starting with... from scratch. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was yeah. like, for a second, when I was reading it, when this you were mentioning it, dogs, yeah. I thought, like, oh, are they not actually married? <laughs> <laughs> the story is so cute. But okay, no. If she's starting from scratch with a brand new story. Okay, okay all right. A brand new story. Okay, okay, okay. okay. All right. <clears throat> so I'm just cutting into the middle of the story. So, okay. Adam adjusted his tie. He had asked his boss for an hour and a half lunch, explaining he had an important meet appointment. Dan hadn't even looked up when he said okay and shooed Adam out of his office. He wished he had asked Harlan to come, but he worked Tuesdays. Looking at the clock again, Adam frowned. His future husband was ten minutes late, and he wasn't sure what to tell the lady at the clerk's office. He took out his phone to call Mr. Dalka when he heard shouting in the hallway. Who the fuck cares, Darko? He's just some fucking virgin, right? It's not like I'm fucking paying. I'm not. It's not like I'm not fucking paying him. <laughs> The doors Aww. flew open and Adam saw Mr. Dalka dragging a man slumped over his shoulder. The man in question, the man Adam was supposed to marry, was wearing a stained shirt with dogs on it and had a rip on the knee of his jeans. Salt and pepper hair hung in greasy hanks around his forehead and there seemed to be some sort of smudge on his neck. As they stumbled closer, Adam could smell the acrid... Acrid? They could smell the scent of cheap alcohol and ta- tobacco seeping off the man and recoiled. I... I... No, I don't want to marry him, thank you. Adam moved to leave. <laughs> Dalka dropped his friend on the floor in a heap and chased after Adam. Wait, wait, Dalka rounded on Adam. People were beginning to stare. Adam tapped on his thighs, determined to stay calm. Dalka head up, held up his hands. I know he's a goddamn mess. Threw himself a bachelor party last night, but here. Dalka pulled a satchel off his shoulder and held it out. The first half, he explains. Nigel gave it to you in cash. Said you could do what you want with it then. Adam felt his anxiety ratchet higher. He needed the money. He needed his apartment. Don't fucking think about him, Adam, Dalka coaxed. Fifteen minutes, you get this cash, and you won't have to see him again for three years, man. Adam bit his lip, took a deep breath, and nodded. Hey, Darko, Nigel called from the Lithonium. Lithonium. Did the little princess decide my money was good enough, or... Nigel flicked his hair out of his face and caught sight of Adam. The younger man tried not to duck behind Mr. Dalka. Well, hello, gorgeous. Nigel tried to lean backward seductively, but ended up sprawled on his back. He scrambled <laughs> to his feet and lurched toward Adam. Have time for a little honeymoon after the service, darling. Adam frowned when Nigel, Nigel dragged dirty fingers across his cheek. Please don't touch me again. Aw. Fucking kicked out of bed already, and Na- Nigel laughed. Guess I'm not losing my touch. Dalka stepped into Nigel's space. Oh, Keep sorry. your shit together for 20 minutes, or you're on the next plane back to fucking Bucharest. Nigel rolled his eyes, but dropped his hand and moved back. Is that how you say that, town? Bucharest? Is that how you say it? That's how I say it. Oh, okay. No, no, I'm just genuinely, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just asking. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, but dropped his hand and moved back. Had no idea I had such a delicate little husband. I would appreciate it if you didn't speak too much. You smell terrible, Adam said with a glare. <laughs> Delka laughed. I, Nigel, take you, Alan, Adam, <laughs> Adam, fine, to be my lawfully wedded husband. Nigel shoved a ring on Adam's finger and winked. The band was plain, probably not real gold. Adam didn't like the weight of it on his hands. He nodded through the rest of the ceremony, ceremony feeling his chest tighten with every word the efficient spoke. This was wrong, but maybe Mr. Dalka was right. Maybe it would all work out once the papers were filed. The clerk gave him an odd look when she handed Adam the certificate. Adam squinted, trying to decipher the meaning, but people were so confusing sometimes. 
After they left the clerk's office, Nigel threw his arm around Adam, pulling him back into the scent of stale spirits and nicotine. Want to get a bite? Talk about married life. No, thank you, Adam shrugged him off. Aww. He scratched at the ring on his finger. I don't think we should see each other again until the divorce. Nigel laughed, just like fucking Gabby. Adam didn't know who Gabby was, but he didn't want to ask if it kept his husband near him. Goodbye, Mr. Dalka. I'll see you at the building. What? No goodbye for your husband? Adam sighed and held out his hand. Goodbye, Nigel. I hope I don't see you again. <laughs> Nigel smiled, taking Adam's hand and yanking. Adam slammed into Nigel's chest with a little gasp. Eyes wide when Nigel bent and stole a fucking kiss. I fucking do. <laughs> Adam shoved at Nigel, wiping his mouth as the older man winked. He stomped back to his office, shoving the cheap wedding ring in his pocket and clutching the bag full of cash. It was just a small deviation to his routine, nothing more. He'd be back on schedule soon, like nothing ever happened. Done. <laughs> Sorry, That's so like, cute. <laughs> I'm just sitting here like... Covering my pumpkin, <laughs> listen to fan fiction. What better way to spend my Thursday? <laughs> it's a really cute story. It's one of my favorites. Mm. I was just sitting here confused. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess. Why there's so many F bombs in this pic? <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess if you have no context of the characters, it won't yeah. make any sense. Sorry, I keep But touching. it's really funny. Oh, my God. Oh, that's okay, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like it? <laughs> How are you doing, Slim? Oh, but it's like, I, 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 I don't know what it is about, like, fanfic that isn't about them. It's just really cute to me. Oh, I just love it. Anyway, did you have any fanfic to read? Uh, I do. I'll pa- <laughs> pause on this here. You can see my progress so far. Ooh. Nice. It's the harder pause. than I remember. <laughs> That's why I got the smaller, uh, the smaller knife, too. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to take a stab at it? I'll fix the, like, the, try to take like the black out of the eyes. Yeah, go but for you it. you can go through the mouth. <laughs> I can. You know yeah. what? I will bring up my gal had interest in one that I was. <laughs> it's when they first finally realized, like, I like you and you like me. <laughs> what? I, I love, love those moments. <laughs> it's so okay. good. Because I hate established relationships in fanfic. It just bores mm-hmm. me. Yeah, it's boring. Yeah. It's like, I want the romance. Give me the romance. I don't care how they end up later. <laughs> Okay, let's see. Um, small breakdown of this fan fiction as I read this passage. So Tristan and Galahad were sent on a mission by King Arthur to go do like, uh, I guess like a diplomatic uh, ambassador thing to another land. Mm-hmm. But they will not let you bring like warriors or like, gun- like any- what they want is you send your ambassador with their lover. <laughs> I can see what doesn't saying. matter who, what the sex of their lover is they just have to bring one so that you know anyone yes anyone <laughs> and uh, and, but it's a way to protect the, their country so that you know like you don't have like assassins and all this stuff mm-hmm. going it has to be someone they care about so anyway so Tristan Mads Mikkelsen's character is gonna be the man and then they dressed up poor Galahad as, as a woman as, not a woman as a kept boy oh and so like Armand yeah, yeah. alright so anyway they get to the thing it's all going well they have you know their moments of you know mixed messages and blah 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 so anyway <laughs> Galahad ran away from the castle to just you know wear pants again and uh <laughs> And he gets in a fight. And Tristan's like, what the fuck are you doing? So here we are. He's getting mad at him. Okay. <laughs> what were you thinking? He hissed, trying to dissolve all else in anger. Galahad half snarled at him, all frown, all rage, more than beautiful when he was like this, shimmering in deadly viciousness. 
<laughs> we have suffered much to get this far, Tristan continued hissing, and we are not going to lose it all for one man's whims. Whether or not I have displeased and offended you, you have no right to risk our mission from Arthur in this manner. Galahad's eyes widened. He gaped at Tristan for a moment before another lip-curling scowl moved over his face in a look of disgust. You think, do you, Galahad said urgently, barely managing to whisper, that I cannot stomach your rejection, that a mere word from you will leave me low, that I am suffering simply because you do not want me? I am here because I am sick of acting the perfume weakling. That is all. Now Tristan could blink and find bemusement in his turn. Rejection? He repeated, confused. I did not... You dislike my interest. That is what has... His mouth dried up. He became aware again of how close they were standing, even though no longer pressed together. Your interest, Galahad's face had changed. Something else there now, beyond the familiar pattern of disregard. Some kind of hopeless hope? All Tristan's life since his childhood, that was no childhood at all. He had been practicing for the moment when he would walk away from connection, from affection, from the risk of pain, when he would deny his own foolishness and break free. I thought you had discovered my desire for you and been displeased by it since you disliked me, Tristan said now, failing himself in his schemes and fast and with his heart in his mouth and his eagerness to say the words. I never... Disliking you has never been one of my problems, Galahad told him, half with a laugh, half with a shout. His smile was open, dreadfully, wonderfully open, on his lovely face. Well, I mean, of course you are a terrible and entirely irritating person, but... As his voice grew softer, Galahad looked up again from under his lashes. Tristan took a step backwards, suddenly afraid, although it was too late for that now, and at once Galahad pursued him until they were against the opposite wall of the alley, and Tristan was his back to it. Galahad swarming in after another break. Galahad swarming in after, embracing arms either side of him, fierce. This. Oh, yes. Oh, this. <laughs> Galahad leaned in, Tristan's heart pounding faster, his body getting warm, his muscles tensing as the blood rushed through him. No, Tristan murmured. We cannot. Not here. <laughs> Drawing back, Galahad ducked his head, sighing and biting his own lips. Tristan could touch that mouth now. Could try. Could. I suppose you prefer me silken and smooth and gilded? Galahad was saying. I have never seen you to better advantage than in my braquet and my tunic, Tristan told him firmly, and then felt the extraordinary surge of his own blush, thankfully most likely hidden from Galahad in the gathering dark, and they desperately needed to get back to the palace before someone came looking for them. There was a half a smile on Galahad's face again. But here in this land you must play your part and mine, and we must move from this place now, Tristan insisted. He led the way back to his horse and comforted, comforted a peevish mab before mounting, then held out an arm to swing Galahad up behind him and on the saddle. They traveled swiftly through the houses, and Tristan de deposited him again only one street from the palace, ready to climb back over the fallen wall via which he apparently escaped. And then they get to their room. <laughs> they, they have a meal. <laughs> Galahad's dressed up in his part again. <laughs> and then things happen. <laughs> And then they had their meal. Yeah, so they had their meal and then another meal, <laughs> dessert. So that is called To the Place I Belong, written by Halo, Halo Tolerant? Halo Tolerant? Halo. Anyway, she's, uh, she, he has written a few cool stuff that I've liked. I remember that was the first uh, King Arthur one that I ever read. No. I kind of want to watch it now just because I'm like, yeah! I know, right? I kind of want to watch but no, apparently, uh, according to my husband, uh, Mass and... Uh, uh, Mass and Hughes' parts aren't very big. Oh, yeah. You could probably 
if you were to cut them all up together, it'd be like five minutes all the of screen time, <laughs> unless you count when they're actually like riding or something. But it's very brief, so I don't know. Oh well, I got another one. All I right, just, go. I just talked about this earlier. Uh, so it's Devereaux's disease again. The tale of Sir Galahad and the Ridiculous Chicken. <laughs> uh, okay, so at this point, um, Tristan's bird, Sildo, uh, Sildo, uh, I can't pronounce it, his bird <laughs> has been harassing Galahad for the whole story and has finally pissed him off enough that he's going to go bug Tristan about it. Mm. So here we go. Clearing the tree line, Galahad came upon Tristan, straightening the edges of a soft basket and unpacking food from a soft blanket and unpacking food from a basket. The hawk cried once, dropping Galahad's apple from some branch above Tristan. The scout caught the apple absently, still fiddling with his lunch. When Tristan looked up from his task, he took a bite of the apple and offered Galahad a smile. Hello, pup, out for a walk. You know damn well while I'm here. You wanted to share lunch with me, Tristan's mouth curved into a grin, an expression Galahad thought of many nights as he lay alone in his bed. <laughs> Tristan flopped on the soft blanket, gesturing to a basket overflowing with food. There's room by me and plenty of food. Tristan tossed the apple in the air over and over, a lazy game for his sharpened reflexes. Galahad fumed. It wasn't bad enough that he had to tamp down on his feelings towards Tristan. Now the beautiful feral Mike and his stupid chicken had made a game of mocking him. <laughs> the only thing worse than that feathered menace stealing from me is the thought of sharing a meal with you. Galahad's roar could probably be heard in town. He no longer cared. It's vexing enough that I must look I must look at you every day. Put up with your odd ways because Arthur trusts you. Now I have that thing swooping in constantly, reminding me of just what a nuisance you both are. Tristan's hands faltered, the apple falling to the blanket and rolling to the grass. Galahad squinted. He'd never seen Tristan miss his catch. I'm sorry, Galahad. I'll keep her penned when I'm not with her. Tristan's voice was even, but there was something odd about the tone, too soft for the gruff scout, and when had Tristan ever called him anything other than boy or pup, we won't bother you again. Good. It was an unquestionable victory, yet Galahad felt a severe sense of loss. He shook his head, ignoring the queasy feeling in his stomach. See that you don't. Galahad marched away, not daring to look back. <laughs> Tristan's absence from dinner settled into the pit of Galahad's stomach, making his ale taste sour. Where is Tristan? He asked finally, flushing slightly at the at the amused looks he got. Did that lunatic bird finally fly off with him? Arthur looked up from his conversation with Lancelot, an odd set to his eyebrows. He's patrolling the coastline. Galahad scoffed. The Romans do that. Why do they need our scout? He asked for the task, and I obliged. Arthur turned back to Lancelot. Galahad picked out his food. The patrol would take five days, seven if the weather didn't hold. Something felt wrong about Tristan's sudden departure. It didn't sit well with the young knight as he pushed carrots to his gravy. He rose. He had no taste for food or ale tonight. Perhaps it would be best to simply go to bed and start fresh in the morning. Where are you off to? Gowans asked. I'm off to bed. I found myself tired. Gowan smiled softly. Don't worry. I'm sure your mood will clear in a few days. Five, I'd wager, chuckled Bors. Nora slapped at the back of his head. <laughs> uh, I really love the way she writes Hugh Dancy. Because <laughs> Hugh Dancy Five, I'd is, like, I think, the reason I like her fanfic is because Hugh Dancy has agency. Like, his characters have agency. He's not just there to be molested. Yeah, he's That's not why just like there her. for the taking. Yeah, like, Devereaux's disease, shout out to you. I love the way you write him just because he is actually a person. He's not just somebody... Mm. Like, oh, like, dirty. <laughs> well, he's actually a person because, like, when people... Oh. The problem I have when yeah. people write Will is that he... Um, 
Uh, he just seems like a <laughs> blow-up doll that people are getting Hannibal to molest. I know, right? Or, in the in the creepy word, molest. Molest. <laughs> but which fanfic did you want to read? Uh, uh, I almost called it Hannibal. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, okay. It is called A New Beginning by Kawaii Yuki. Cute name. Yes. And it's a short one, too, and I have no idea where it's going to go, so if it gets, like, saucy, I'm sorry. Never apologize. I just start to penis. Never apologize. Penis, penis. Okay. <clears throat> gotta, gotta get in the mood. I'm gonna turn this way, because I can hear myself curving. <laughs> Alright, a new beginning. As darkness surrounds us, we embrace. Our love has been reunited. To many a disgrace, for what we have is something to desperately chase. Oh, is this a vampire one? No. Okay. <laughs> Go on. Dr. Hannibal Lecter stares at Will, who's laying beneath him. He slowly caresses his hand over Will's chest and watches him with hunger. Will looks up to him, insecurely looking for approval. The room is silent, only to be filled with the sound of careful breaths. Darkness has found them, showing only the stairs. This <laughs> very. I'm trying to be serious here. <laughs> Darkness has found them, showing only the stars who shine through the window. Hannibal moves his hand to Will's face, who is stunned by the gentle touch. You're beautiful. Words cannot be heard, however, thoughts can be read. Will nods with a smile on his face. Hannibal grasps Will's body with his tender yet dangerous hands. <laughs> You cannot control with respect to whom you fall in love. Countless hours pass and love has been made. As dawn is about to arrive, a new murder has been born. Oh, maybe he is a vampire. Oh, <laughs> 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 it's a vampire. I think it is a vampire thing. Um, <clears throat> touched by the hands of the devil himself, they have become alike. This dangerous love will soon haunt the streets of this world and no one will be able to hide. I have seen what man can do when that evil lives inside you. The end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds yeah. like a vampire thing. That's kind of funny too, because you know, I was like, oh, I wouldn't mind reading I'm like a hanagram fanfic if it's like a vampire one. <laughs> that just happens to be one. I gotta find one now. I think that should be our um, in between the hiatus, we should all read a fanfic. <laughs> Actually, I was tempted to write one, but like have you guys in it. <laughs> but then I realized I don't write. Oh, wait, what was that? What was that? And then Hannibal will be so out of character. Oh, no, write it. So I don't bad. care if it's out of character character i just want to hear it because even if it's just crack i'm so excited about it because <laughs> there was something i wanted to oh it was it um uh so our, our a good friend of the podcast kira sent me a tweet a few days ago where uh she she had linked me i, I was trying to po- i don't know if i posted it to the twitter account or not but she sent me this hold on i'm trying to find it damn it i have so many damn uh, tweets okay uh okay so she retweeted me this message. If I ever get taken out by a serial killer, please know I died doing what I loved, learning too much about serial killers. <laughs> and she said, oh, look, honey child, it's you. <laughs> so, and I posted in response, I'm going to die like Will Graham, drunk and depressed and fishing. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, Will Graham and Red Dragon. <laughs> so, uh. <laughs> I was like, oh, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> That's him in the book. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, but, okay, we, uh, I, uh, I challenge you guys to write a fanfic before we start season three. <gasps> That's quite a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I like how the two of us Mine are, Mine is like... going to be so bad. <laughs> Maybe I should just 
embrace that and make it so you could write you could do a fan super art too can it be any length you could be any length yes okay i was like you could probably write a ficlet <laughs> <laughs> well because i'm just challenged uh, like how two of us are like uh, professional writers and we're just like i don't know <laughs> 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 well, okay well, well like okay well, yeah. is it like our own like like what the characters would do yes fan fiction and not like a self-insert sort of fan fiction you can write a self-insert if you want well, i don't want to be <laughs> does it have to be like uh like hanagram fanfic or can it be just hannibal i think it could be, it anything. Can be anything yeah okay I can, can i make us be in there as canyos canyos <laughs> <laughs> young girl three young girls are like looking at a picture in florence <laughs> one of them especially weird <laughs> You probably could. I don't see why not. And yeah, it's just I can hear the shrills of their excitement. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the obnoxious woo-hooing from one of them. But it's okay. like it sounded like air escaping a balloon, but I think it was the squeal, this young lady beside me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll have those fanfics for the next season. Ooh. I think we were also planning to do, um, my friend had written, my friend Sage, friend of the podcast, had written um, uh, a Cholulu uh, uh, game for us, like a D&D type uh, adventure series. Yes. Oh yeah, I was wondering yeah. about that. And he, he had written it for us with uh, Will Graham and Hannibal Lecter as characters within the story. And so I'll see if he's still down for doing it as being our being our dungeon master, I guess. Oh, that'd be awesome. But I'll send you guys the rules so we can do it. We might, well, if... If we all have time, because it's coming uh, coming up to the holiday soon. If we all have time, we could probably do an episode of it where we <laughs> we have the Hannibal like story a in between seasons. Yeah, we'll call it yeah. like um, Hannibal's horny hibachi and Cholulu or something. <laughs> no, it's a Cholulu story anyway. I didn't really like the pause you had there. <laughs> I'm just bad with titles. Bad with titles. But anyway, where can we find you guys on the interwebs? Oh, it's over already. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Well, you guys have more to talk about. No, I don't. <laughs> no, like, I was having fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can still keep hanging out. We just, we just don't record it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> we'll show you the picture of this pumpkin when it's done. Yeah, yeah. we're almost done. <laughs> okay, well, you can find me on Tumblr and Instagram at Satuma, S-A-T-U-M-W-A-H. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr as JJ Neeps. Uh, you can find me on Instagram as JJ Neepin Films. And you can find me as Honey-Child on Tumblr, Honey underscore Child at Twitter, I think. And you can find the podcast as Hannibal's Horny Abachi on Tumblr. That's our most active site right now, just because I keep retweeting all the funny stuff we post. <laughs> and yeah, like, uh, shout out to everybody who, like, new listeners, old listeners, like, we, this was Random been, listeners. Yeah, random yeah. listeners who are just checking out, like, the, the Call the Homoka episode <laughs> for some reason. You guys love her. Um, but yeah, like, we really appreciate all the listens. Like, I get teased because we, uh, I keep freaking out that we have 20 core listeners who listen every, like, within the first seven hours. Yeah, shout out to you 20 or so that listen to us, like, as soon as we post. Yeah, because, like, I go to sleep, I post it, and there's already, like, 20 listens by the time I get up, and I'm like, whoa. So, like, yeah, tell your friends about us. Like, we'll be back probably within a month and a half or so. I like how excited we get over 20 listens. (laughs) There's 20 of them. I know, it's like, what's up on my phone? Uh, I was listening to a podcast called Sergeant Golden Throat, and he had like a thousand listens a week. I'm like, Pfft. yeah, yeah, it's like, but we have love. Yeah. <laughs> we have love. Yeah, that one fan, fan person yeah. rooting for us on the sidelines. It's like it's like that scene from uh, that Daffy Duck cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Hooray>. <laughs> 
<laughs> but please let everybody know about us and like send us any messages you may have. But we'll talk to you guys in season three. We'll see you again soon. Woo. Bye guys. Woo. Happy Halloween. <laughs>